G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Some encouragement, I think, that as you may be doing it tough, riding out the storms of life in your circumstances, uh, others have some inspiration to press on and stay strong with faith in God. Our special guest today is not in a good way. Amanda Grubelar, she suffers from multiple sclerosis. She calls it the MS monster. Multiple sclerosis is a condition of the central nervous system interfering with nerve impulses within the brain, spinal cord and optic nerves. Most people diagnosed are between 20 and 40 years old. It's been a roller coaster for Amanda after receiving an experimental stem cell treatment back in 2016. Amanda calls that a miracle stem cell treatment. Well, her MS went into remission for four years and reversed the neurological damage that was done. But now Amanda is suffering a bad relapse. Amanda Grobelar has told the story of her MS journey in a book called Anchored in the Storm, a memoir after her 2016 successful treatment. Amanda's joining us. Amanda, a special welcome along to 2020. Ah, good morning, Neil. Thank you for the invitation. I am delighted to be here. Amanda, an unusual surname, Grobelar, and uh, it comes from South Africa, and uh, there's a very different way it's pronounced when you're talking in the Afrikaans language. Give us a little insight into the real pronunciation, although I think I'll stay with the Australian version. Well, you did very well indeed. Um, congratulations, but it's the Afrikaans way. It's all the grrrs and the rrrrs that make it so hard to say, so we say it, Grobelar. Um, but Grobala, it's good enough for me. Okay, I'll stay with the Grobala. Uh, Amanda, let's talk about MS because, you know, like a lot of people, I can't say that I've got my head around everything that MS is about and some of our listeners will be wondering about MS and just how it affects an individual. I wonder whether we can start just with a, a bit of a story around how MS has affected you. Yes, we can certainly do that. So what I may do is I will firstly speak about how it impacted me the first time and then um, what I'm going through right now. So uh, my family and I, we relocated from South Africa to Australia in 2008 and we were ready to start this brand new life. Little did we know that our bubble was to burst very soon. So it started very innocently in 2011. It was June, and I had this tingling sensation left of my chin. Um, so I didn't think much of it. So the doctor, he sent me for an MRI, and MS is a very hard thing to be diagnosed with. There is so much that needs to be eliminated. It can mimic so much. And no two cases are the same. They also call it the snowflake disease um, because um, it's very hard to predict um, what is going to happen in the life of a person who had been diagnosed, medically speaking. 
So um, I was firstly misdiagnosed, and this is a journey of many MS people where you get first misdiagnosed. And first up, I was told that I had a brain tumor. So from being completely healthy, no warnings, no nothing, to going for an MRI and literally two hours later discover that you now have a brain tumor. Um, so in that same week, um, we were sent to, to see the surgeon and the neurologist. And so this is a very familiar path for many who get diagnosed. And, and uh, most people do not know, understand this journey, that it can be quite testing for a family. So we, we saw the neurologist, the, the surgeon, they found inconsistencies and they wanted to rule out a few other nasties like um, multiple like strokes or or like um, other neurological conditions, some of which are reversible and some which are not. So three weeks later I went for another MRI and lo and behold, instead of having one mark in my brain, I now had four. So whatever it was was multiplying at the speed of white light. And only the final test, a lumbar puncture where they took um, fluid from my spine, helped the doctors to make a diagnosis. So they phoned me one Saturday. I will never forget it. it. They phoned me one Saturday. Up to that moment, I was very brave. I was strong and I was courageous and I had my full armor on and I, and I did what I thought that I should do. But when the doctor phoned me and said, Amanda, I'm very sorry, but you have multiple sclerosis. That was the very first time I cried. So for months, I, I, I never cried. I never felt disappointed or defeated but in that moment I was so sad and I think it's because the doctor said that I was diagnosed with was a hundred times better than what they initially thought I had and because I knew what MS was I found it very hard to be grateful for something as monstrous as MS. I remember saying to my husband through the tears, I cannot be grateful for MS. It does not feel right. I know you are all so happy that I do not have brain cancer, but I cannot find it in my heart to be grateful for MS. Wow. And because there's no known cure for MS, it was really the... uh, taking the best of two bad diagnoses there and shedding a tear and recognising that your life, and I know you said the bubble burst, things were going along hummingly and then a tingling sensation in your chin and then uh, from there bad to worse with diagnosis uh, with a brain tumour. So, uh, And you said you already knew what MS was, but no doubt when you are diagnosed with MS you very quickly become an expert on MS and you know what's going on. And and you've made it your purpose in life uh, since that time to really campaign on behalf of those who suffer MS and more than 24,000 in Australia, a couple of million around the world. Uh, you've made it your life, uh, your life uh, journey now to actually uh, draw attention to this disease. Correct. But, um, Neil, what I, what I tried to... to Combined with that is, I draw attention to the situation, the disease, but I always want to link it with um, an attitude of, you know what, it's bad, it's not, it's not a good thing to be diagnosed with, but never lose hope, stay strong, be encouraged, better days 
are coming. So what I did is, um, uh, in a nutshell, the, the problem with MS is this. It, your immune system gets confused. And in its misguided attempt to, to protect you and keep you healthy, at any time or place, it attacks your healthy tissue, your brain, your spinal cord, and your optic nerve. And one of the things, so it can cut up communication to various degrees between your brain and the rest of your body. So obviously, straight away, it can bring in a fear factor. But this is then where I, I really try to, to implement strategies, and I pray that someone finds encouragement from this um, to, to, to nearly live mind over matter, if I may use that phrase. So instead of letting the fear of landing up in a wheelchair paralyze me, I deliberately decided to join a running club here in Mackay. Um, they're called the Lazy Runners. The, the, the name is no indication. There's nothing lazy about the Lazy Runners. We get up at 5 o'clock in the morning while we still could before uh, the virus, the corona. And uh, Chrissy and Dawn, in a 12-week period, they, they trained me uh, uh, to run five kilometers. So in terms of creating awareness... After three, uh, three months, when I could run five kilometers straight, we organized an MS awareness run. And my attitude was that while my legs work, I wanted to put it to good use. And because the response from our wonderful Mackay community was so overwhelming, I felt encouraged to just three months later, with liters and liters of blood, sweat, and tears, and tiger oil, I decided, you know what? Maybe you can run 21.1 kilometers and create more awareness and raise more funds for MS research. And lo and behold, um, in that year, I ran my first Mackay Marina BMA half marathon. Mm. And I said I would do it come walking, running, or crawling. But when I started to run... The thing that, that kept me going was was my friends who sadly already lost their ability to walk. We have a huge friendship, a huge community of people who encourage one another. And because my legs worked well, I ran all the way and to, out, of, out, of, out of gratitude and to prove to my children that it was not beginner's luck. I did it the next year again, and last year, with the help of my beautiful running buddies, um, I finished it in two hours, 14 minutes, which was always a goal. I always wanted to run since I started this crazy running business. I wanted to run a half marathon in under two hours, 20 minutes. So this is maybe why I was so terribly blindsided uh, by what happened to me. Physically, I was doing well. I was doing very well physically. But what MS does to a person's body, it over time, over a very short period, did to my brain. My neurologist explained to me that MS is already a daunting disease. You cannot pinpoint anything about MS. You can, you can lose your ability slowly. Or you can literally lose all your abilities overnight, depending on where your immune system attacks your brain, your spinal cord, and your optic nerves. So what happened to me um, happens to only about 2% of people diagnosed with MS. In that, it put my brain into a wheelchair. Just to give you an, 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 um, an, an idea, um, towards the end of 2015, I had a formal 
neurological assessment. And the assessment found that um, that I was now cognitively impaired to various degrees. Regarding my visual working memory, I scored in the bottom 0.1% of my peer group. That meant that most of what my brain saw, it forgot straight away. Mm-hmm. And when one of my um, um, therapists said to me, Amanda, you know, you've lost most of your abilities in all areas. The last thing that will go is your long-term memory. And then um, it dawned on me that I may forget that I ever lived in South Africa, that I have a family back in South Africa still. I may forget my husband, my children. Um, I may forget how to feed myself, how to dress myself. And in that time, I saw a photo of a daughter about the age uh, my my daughter was at that stage feeding wedding cake to her mother who was tied up in a wheelchair to a breathing a breathing machine and that is what ms may look like towards the end it is it is it's it's a nasty nasty thing to be diagnosed with and because i already had a four point checklist to do my washing my family knew that if the detergent bottle was still in the hallway i wasn't done yet and, and and because I got lost between our home and the school when I dropped off the children, essentially a straight road that I traveled every day numerous times to a point where my son had to guide me and direct me, direct me out of the traffic and find my way back home, I realized that maybe it was time for me. I was, I was in that time, I was waiting upon the Lord, waiting to hear from me. But maybe it was time for me to get out of this boat, stretch my faith beyond what I thought was humanly possible, and walk upon the waters with Him. Amanda, we'll continue on uh, this conversation in just a few moments. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to have you with us. Our Thursday edition of 2020, our special guest this hour is Amanda Grabelar. And Amanda is suffering from MS. In fact, she went through a time where it was an experimental stem cell treatment. She calls it a miracle treatment back in 2016. And we'll get to that in just a few moments. But before we do... Amanda, just let me ask you about uh, how you were keeping your head above water emotionally when you'd received this diagnosis. The diagnosis was, first of all, uh, brain tumour, brain cancer. And, of course, uh, it does things to your emotions. You really went into overdrive and you began to run. But uh, take us into how you actually cope keeping your head above water emotionally. Yes, I'll do that. And there was, there's a distinct difference with how I dealt with it and how I fared the first time compared to where I find myself now, which we shall talk about a bit later. But the thing that really um, kept my head above the waves is when the doctor said to me, um, I'm afraid, but you're in the middle of a very dark storm. In that moment, from nowhere, from deep inside, I responded with, then it is a good thing that I know the captain of my ship. His concern for me might have quadrupled. But I know that in that moment, as per Deuteronomy, I chose 
life. Heaven was my witness that I chose life. And in that moment, I put on my armor and my thoughts, my words, and my actions, I aligned um, and, and, and gathered around what I wanted to achieve, which was life. So I guarded my mind. I renewed my thinking. I was the gatekeeper of what goes in and what goes out. I guarded my words. I only spoke life, and I aligned my actions with that. So if I said that I could, could do all things, I would start running. If I believe that I could do all things through Jesus who gives me strength, I can do a half marathon. So I was so bold and, and, and so courageous. And, and that was why I could genuinely say when people ask, despite my circumstances, that I was doing well for it was well with my soul. That was the big thing. That is an amazing testimony of what happens as you are sharing that. And this is your story. But when you say you're in a very dark storm, but it's good to know the captain of your ship. And that is what affects your hope and your attitude. And uh, I know listeners will be able to hear that. What an incredible testimony when you have the captain of your ship who is in charge of the journey through the very dark storm. Amanda, we want to take some calls. Uh, let's let's hear from some listeners who might identify with some of your story and might even have a question to ask. But there's another Amanda on the line from Callista in Western Australia. Amanda, welcome along. Hello, Amanda. Um, hello, Robbie. Um, yeah, um, I don't have MS, but I have paranoid schizophrenia and anxiety. And when I was young, I was in the church all my life. And when I was young, I had an actual meltdown, a real meltdown. And I'm still going through hassles where I actually um, hear voices. I don't have hallucinations anymore or anything like that. But I hear voices. I get thoughts in my head and things like that. But yeah. Um, I know the situation because um, when I was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and anxiety, I actually um, was going to go into a Greylands institution because I was six weeks in hospital, in Fremantle Hospital. But it was through God's mercy and the church, a lady that's passed on now that was much older, like a spiritual mother to me, that took me in and my my three children. And... um, yeah, so I've been through. So, Amanda, let me ask you, uh, this is Amanda in WA, a paranoid schizophrenia. Uh, your church family was around you at the time. You had faith in God, and they must have been a pretty special bunch of people when you were going through such a time of uncertainty. Yeah, one particular lady, she's passed on now. Her name was Meryl. She took me in, and I was just like literally climbing the bedroom walls with my hands. Um, I was just a mess. I should have ended up in a psychiatric, not just a psychiatric ward, I should have ended up in a psychiatric hospital. But um, I still got problems. But if I had a book, it will be Amazing God and the music that God gave me and my my cats, my cat, that actually put me through this um, with the actual help of music um, because I love music. And um, if I had a... So he's an amazing God. Oh, what a wonderful testimony, Amanda in WA. Let's come to Amanda Grubbler. Uh Amanda, you can hear the emotion 
And uh, what a wonderful testimony Amanda from WA has because paranoid schizophrenia, you're in the middle of a storm when you're in there as well. Amanda's testimony is that, yes, she knows the captain of her ship as well and that's what's been the strength to be able to come through. Uh, What are your thoughts for Amanda in WA? Indeed. Um, Thank you for sharing that testimony. It is so encouraging. Um, The the, the miracle for me, um, sometimes we think that a miracle can only be, um, and now you see it, now you don't. Like I was hoping that after I was diagnosed wrongly with the the tumor, that after three weeks I would have one of those, now you see it, now you don't miracles. But then my husband reminded me that a miracle can also be us living a life of quality and purpose despite our circumstances. So I started, instead of creating anxiety within myself with this thought that I should know what I want to do next, I should know what I need to do next, is to learn how to rest, how to let go and let God. So I even found rest in this knowledge that all good things, which includes medicine and science, are from God. So... um, So instead of putting pressure on myself that a miracle should look a certain way, I I just receive and say, Lord Jesus, whatever the miracle you have for me looks like, it will be better than what I can imagine. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Your ways are higher than your ways. So I choose to trust your ways and your methods and while I wait for whatever breakthrough, do not let me miss all the wonderful miracles along the way. And one of those miracles can be like the people who, who speak into Amanda from WA's life, her church family. For me, this one significant moment was um, when one of the hardest parts of this journey was to tell our children, and they responded differently. But what I remember uh, in this moment was my daughter's response. When I, she was 14 years old, and I said to her, yes, there's something wrong. The doctor said that I have a tumor. Yes, they think it's in my brain. Her response was, thank goodness, it is only a brain tumor. It could have been so much worse. And then in that moment, God opened my eyes, just maybe like Amanda in W.O., God opened my eyes that to what may be um, foundation shaking for us, what may take out the rock completely from underneath our feet is not even a blip on his radar. So I just rest in this. No matter what my day brings, no matter what my situation looks like right now, God is in it already. Amanda from Callista in WA. Amanda, and I'll just come back to you, Amanda, in WA, because having gone through paranoid schizophrenia, it's not like you have external symptoms and you're not in a wheelchair. And uh, the miracle for you is uh, getting sorted out, those things that are uh, so confusing. And uh, was that a helpful uh, thought from Amanda Grobelar? Yes. Um, The scripture I um, go on, it was... Um, I kept on going on and that the church family was giving me and God was giving me was um, 2 Timothy 1.7 for God has not given to me a spirit of fear but a power and of love and a sound mind. 
Wonderful. Yeah. And Amanda from Callista in WA, thank you so much for calling in and just uh, sharing your story. We're about to go to news. Amanda, we'll take some more calls in just a few moments, but I just want to encourage listeners here, and as you've said to me, you're actually having a really good day today, and on a bad day, uh, you're not as easy in your communication. Give us a little insight to what the difference between a good day and a bad day might be. Yes. Um, it, well, this morning that I am so fluent, it's actually a miracle, and I, I'm sure it's a result of many, many prayers. I know there's a lot of my friends listening today. Um, it actually makes me feel quite emotional, and I know they're all covering me in prayer today. Um, so, yes, up until about two or three days ago, Neil, um, I was still slurring um, badly. Um, this morning is an exceptionally good day. Um, it's something that I really prayed for. I accepted your invitation to speak on national radio while I still struggle to string two words together. So I'm very grateful, but it fluctuates. So I have good days. Anyone who lives with MS have good days and bad days. Um, so it was only in February this year, uh, about eight weeks ago, that they could pinpoint and, and say that the MS was back. It was playing cat and mouse with me for a few months up until February. But when they did the MRI of my brain in February, they saw that my immune system was actively attacking my brain. And why I need to go back to Israel for, for, for stem cell treatment is my neurologist explained that my immune system has a preference for my cortex. And that is why I suffer um, cognitive impairment and not necessarily physical impairment. Wow. One of the things that's also a bit different this time is I have a, a, a lesion in a brand new area of my brain. And it is a scary area because it is close to my um, brain stem, which regulates all the um, activities of your body that you do not need to think about, like um, my ability to sleep can impact on breathing and and very, very important things. So, yes. You're having a good day today, and uh, we'll thank God for that because you're sharing your story beautifully. I want to invite listeners into our conversation. I've got a bunch of uh, callers who are lined up, and uh, and let's see if we can get through a few of these calls. Uh, let's hear from Anne in Labrador in Queensland. Hello, Anne. Thanks for waiting so patiently. What are your thoughts? Um, my thought is, right, um, I, had, I felt and I hurt my shoulder. I had a replacement in my shoulder. I still cannot reach above my head. And praise the Lord, I was able to go back to work. That was 2006. The other thing I had was um, about three years ago, I fell and broke my back. And they didn't believe me because I was walking. And um, praise the Lord that it was healed and I was able to go back to work. One of my favorite verses is Romans 8.28. Uh, and the other one, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Wow. And then just quickly, your faith in God was there before you had these incidents yes. happen? Yeah. Yes, yes, and, yes. Uh, and just Actually, it, it happened when I was up uh, Mount Tambourine with a group of uh, Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in and sharing. Uh, just before I let you go, well, uh, Anne, uh, sorry, Amanda, uh, a, thought, a thought or two from Anne, for Anne? 
Yes, and thank you so much for reminding me of Romans 8.28. One of my big mistakes this time was what I declared. When I heard that the MS was back, my first thought was, I cannot do this again, but it is simply not true. I may not want to do it again, but I know how deep my value was the first time. So hindsight taught me a valuable lesson. I know I can do this again. So thank you very much for reminding me that, yes, we can do all things. Thank you so much to Anne from Labrador. Let's take another call. Jack is on the line from Sunbury in Victoria. Hello, Jack. Welcome. Jack, are you with us? Jack, you might like to call us back on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Caroline in Alumba in Queensland. Hi, Caroline. Hello. Caroline, what are your thoughts for our conversation today? I just want to say what a beautiful lady um, Amanda is and a beautiful faith and strength in God. And thank you for sharing your story because I just went through... Um, I had to get rushed sent to Brisbane Mater Hospital in February and I had um, was diagnosed with stage one aggressive cancer in the uterus and that was the first time ever I'd have any physical help like that and when I was given the diagnosis in Cairns Hospital that it was positive because it was only such a little tiny spot in my uterus and at first they thought it was nothing to worry about, but then when it came back positive, I was just like, I didn't realise at the time when I, they gave it to me that I was actually in shock. And mm-hmm. and through the whole thing, just the preparation of having to fly to Brisbane and go down there and the accommodations and everything and having the... the um, I had to have a complete hysterectomy and my lymph nodes, and I was still waiting on a report of the lymph nodes to see if there was anything in there. Otherwise, I would have had to come back and have chemo and radiation. But all my reports came back good. And while I was going, actually, in the surgery, I think as I was going into the theatre, I found my voice and I sang out to Jesus. And I said, where are you? Because I can't see you. And I really need to see you right now in this surgery with me. And the anaesthetist who was preparing me at the time came and was there with me and I felt God say to me, ask him if he's a Christian. And so I did. I said, do you believe in God? And he said, yes. And I said, do you believe in Jesus? And he said, yes, I believe in all that. And so I said, well, I do too. And we talked about Jesus. And Mm -hmm. as he was pushing me in, I said to him, thank you for the conversation. I really needed to talk about Jesus before this surgery. Mm -hmm. He was in the surgery with me the whole time. And he was my anesthetist. And he said to me, anytime you want to talk about this, you can. Mm. And so wow. that's what I really came out of there full of faith. Caroline. I out of there because of that experience. Wonderful, wonderful testament. <laughs> Coming I'm out of there full of faith. Uh, a yeah. thought or two here from, uh, from Amanda. What are your thoughts for Caroline? Thank you so much for your kind words and for sharing that glorious testimony. Revelation say that we triumph over our accuser by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. So this morning, no doubt, many are triumphing over our accuser. Um, Thank you for sharing your testimony. One of the things that um, you can truly be grateful for is to have a medical team or doctor who believes in God. Um, uh, One of my additional challenges was that 
I had to speak alive when the doctors speak um, harsh words and, and, and discomforting words. I had to remind them that I believed in miracles. So when one of my doctors said that uh, my brain will never be free of lesions, I just boldly asked him to write on the outside cover of my medical file that Amanda Grobelard believes in miracles. So keep on believing in miracles. You just shared a wonderful miracle this morning. You are free of cancer. Uh, what, what a glorious testimony. And your testimony hugely encourages me and no doubt many of our listeners this morning. So thank you very much. Thank you. Caroline from Alumba in Queensland. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's keep taking some calls here. Gary on the line from Melbourne. Hi, Gary. Welcome. Have we got Gary? Have I got Lee? Oh, Lee. Yes. Lee, Lee, Lee from Perth. Lee, what are yes. your thoughts? Okay. Um, I have a testimony, actually, that um, I actually had a miraculous healing from MS in 1994. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> well, I know, I know. Um, I, I um, yeah, I know, what can I say? Um, God healed me. Uh, I had it, I... Um, had the symptoms. Uh, I thought I actually had chronic fatigue. I was in the military and uh, I had the symptoms, slurred speech, foot drag, muscle uh, aches and difficulty walking. And actually I was in a wheelchair at the time and uh, it took a long time to get a diagnosis and it was only diagnosed on an MRI. And, you know, it was funny because when I actually got the diagnosis of MS, I was a nursing officer, but when I finally got a diagnosis, I was quite relieved. It sounds funny, but I finally got a diagnosis. And um, uh, it was probably about a year after that that I was in church and um, a minister prayed for me and um, I just went down, which I'd never experienced before. And uh, I got up and I just had an instantaneous Miraculous healing. Wow. Out of a wheelchair, everything, everything. And I've not looked back. And that was in 1994. Um, it's very interesting because the MS Society said that, um, oh, you can go into remission, um, but you don't actually go into remission for how long has it been now? Uh, what, um, We're talking 26 years since then. Yeah, and, yeah 26 uh, years. I am, I am really symptom-free. What's really interesting is uh, I still have the plaques there, uh, but nothing. And I think God has actually left the plaques there to remind me that I did actually have it, and he's actually yeah. healed me. I am walking, talking, everything. I ex- exercise every day. My diet's great. I haven't even looked at a wheelchair. It's God is amazing. He's absolutely amazing. Lee, your testimony is absolutely beautiful. And uh, it's. I'll get to Amanda's perception here too because we can hear of miracle cures like that and one that's lasted there 26 years and we're not promised that we'll not have storms in our lives and we've been talking about knowing the captain of our ship to go through the storms but that must be an encouragement to you or I wonder whether it can be even sometimes a feeling of discouragement hearing that some others have got the sort of miracle that you're hoping for no doubt yourself but uh, but yours is still coming what are your thoughts here 
Oh, no, Lee. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, while you were speaking, I was reminded of Matthew 19.26 that says, For man, things may be impossible, but not for the Lord. So thank you for sharing your testimony. It just puts a, an absolute sparkle in my spirit. Um, I know that um, what, what, what God is capable of. I know what he has done for Lazarus. And let's face it, our situation it can never be as bad as Lazarus. He was dead for four days when the Lord called him forth from the grave. So while we have breath, we shall have hope. Um, and, and plus, isn't it true that the final chapter is already written? Uh, we know that the Lord secured our healing and our victory on the cross. We know it. And we know who wins in the end. Um, we know that victory is ours. And I, I, it, it doesn't matter in which shape or form the Lord keep me together. It does not matter um, when I receive that, that my, my next miracle. I, I know it, it's looming. And whatever needs to be learned from this journey, I pray that I learn it fast. Um, and and yes, so thank you so much, Lee, for sharing that. Um, it, it really, really is hugely encouraging. Thank you to Lee in Perth in WA. Let's take as many calls as we can here, and uh, let's hear from. I think I've got Gary. Gary, have I got you? Yes. Hello, Gary. Yes. What hello. are your thoughts, Gary? Oh, hi, Neil. Firstly, I just love listening to all your programs. They're so informative and so interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, in 2017, I was diagnosed with, uh, with a brain, a very rare brain tumor. Um, I sort of had headaches all my life as a, a little child. And, and as a result, I had a slow-growing neuroma in my cavernous sinus. And surgeons removed it, and yes, so it hasn't grown back. And I've had a few other surgeries on my neck, but I, I am a Catholic, but I sort of became a bit wayward. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, that brought me back, brought me back to God. My faith is so much more stronger, and I pray more often, and yes, so that was a good turning point in my life. So, so when you get the diagnosis here, what I'm hearing yeah. you say, Gary, is that your faith deepened because yeah. you were given that diagnosis. Yes, yes, yes. And the Virgin Mary... This, sort of brought me back and I found Jesus and, you know, my whole faith are much more stronger. And I am also waiting back surgery because I did have a fall three years ago when I, when I was closing the garage door and the handle came off and it landed on my back on a pile of concrete. It happened so fast and I just had brain surgery. It was just so scary. I said, what's happening? You know, how much, what's happening in my life? All these sort of things happening. So, well... Uh, I'm not sure what's happened there. One thing can lead to another. Amanda, uh, your thoughts here for Gary, because uh, sometimes you're diagnosed with something and then you can have a fall, and that actually exacerbates uh, all sorts of other issues as well. Sometimes the storm is pretty difficult to deal with. What are your thoughts here for Gary? Yes, um, uh, Gary, thank you for, for sharing your story and to hear you speaking with so much faith and, and boldness. Um, it is, it's really inspirational. Um, the truth is that just, just when we go back in history a bit and we listen to what David said, I loved it when he said that as God delivered me from the bear and as God delivered me from the lion, 
so he shall deliver me from this Goliath. So I'm just taking that on board again. Um, as God delivered Gary from the tumor, as he saved Gary from the fall, whatever may come Gary's way in, in, in future, God shall deliver him from that too. And, and that is one of the things that I have engraved on my heart again the second time around because I really struggled. Um, after I heard that the MS was back, I found myself in a emotionally a very, very deep space. And it was only that I did not use, because I did not use hindsight to my advantage. And hindsight is this. Yes, I had all these terrible incidents, but God kept me safe through it all. He, he has he, he's been sheltering my family through every storm and yes as we go through the waters uh, we shall be protected as we go through the fire we shall be protected it doesn't matter what come our way we shall be protected thank you so much to gary from melbourne and uh, we've got jack back i don't want to miss jack because somehow rather uh, we missed you before jack but uh, welcome along what are your thoughts for our conversation Oh, well, I can relate to everything Amanda saying because, um, you know, with, with her walking and running, I walk every time, but I couldn't walk two feet at one stage. But I think it's a big part of my, you know, you've got to keep using it or you lose it with your legs. But one of my big things uh, is, well, natural natural products. I eat my orange peels, I eat orange pips. I eat, but anyway, the whole thing I'm trying to say is I'm also in the multiple sclerosis choir which has got some people who've got multiple sclerosis in it, even though it's defunct just at this moment. But I think it's very beneficial, both uh, singing and listening to singing, and not only for multiple sclerosis people, but for um, people with depression and all that, and it's so healing. And I just, uh, at this moment, uh, I just, you know, really, with, 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 like Elvis Presley, he got all singing lessons in church, singing, oh, Lord, my God, you know. Yep. So I go to church all the time, not just specifically for multiple sclerosis, because I'm a believer, and, and just the words uh, in those songs uh, are very healing and, and very uh, strengthening, and especially the fellowship. Great you know, so. encouragement, Jack, uh, that use that voice that God's given you and uh, really recognize what it is to worship God, uh, to connect with him, to deepen that beautiful relationship that we have with him. Thank you so much to Jack from Sunbury. We're only just a few minutes remaining in our conversation. I, I don't want to miss the opportunity, Amanda, to say that you've got some next steps planned. In fact, I know listeners might be a little disturbed by the idea that you're thinking of selling your unit uh, to be able to afford an airfare to get back to, I think it's Israel, that you want to go to. It's where you got your treatment the first time. Uh, but uh, you're raising money, and uh, when people buy your book, that's a contribution towards how they might be able to help you with next steps. But uh, very quickly now, but uh, what what sort of things do you need to uh, take next steps treatment-wise while you're in this time of a relapse? Uh, thank you, um, Neil, for the opportunity. Yes, we tried to sell our unit in Brisbane. That was our son's residence while he was a student. And we acquired it in the times when the market was high. So now with corona that happened, um, two purchases um, lost their jobs and the bank could not afford them the, the mortgage. So that fell through. So what I'm doing, and Neil, I'm actually, I have, I have a garden of hope. 
So I love to be in the garden. And my friends here in Mackay, they buy their plants from me. So in this process, it is remarkable. I, I need 22,000 euros, which is about $40,000 for accommodation and treatment. And with the love and support of our Makaima community, buying from my garden of hope, we managed to raise $2,000 already. Then I also sell uh, my anchored in the storm available. It is sharing the testimony. Um, the, the feedback on from those who have read Anchored in the Storm is absolutely overwhelming. God uses my story to encourage and bring hope and to remind me of what I need to do to keep my head above the waves this time around. And every time someone buys Anchored in the Storm, it is $20 for the book, $6.50 for postage in Australia. They contribute towards my next miracle. Well, Amanda, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story. And a lot of listeners might want to get a hold of your book called Anchored in the Storm. Uh, one way that people can help you get to Israel and Germany, I think it is too, for treatment. Uh, when the travel yeah. bans lift, I mean, there's an extra dimension in here of uncertainty because you can't travel to Israel. You can't travel to Germany right now. And I know you'll be very excited when those travel bans are lifted uh, beyond coronavirus and the main threat there. But uh, when you purchase a copy of Anchored in the Storm, and it has received some international recognition, then you'll be helping Amanda. Let me just say how you can do that. Amanda-g.net. That's the website, www.amanda-g.net. There on her website, you'll be able to read Amanda's testimony. You'll be able to get a hold of her e-book. Uh, you'll also be able to get a hold of, uh, so, so far as the actual hard copy, hard cover books, Amanda, is there, is it available, uh, you know, through any of the other uh, booksellers around? Um, unfortunately, it is not, Neil. So um, I, I, I distribute them myself. So if the people go on, the listeners go on to my www, there's an easy process for me to get anchored in the storm to them. Okay, so amanda-g.net. Uh, Amanda's last name is Grobelar, G-R-O-B-B-E-L-A-A-R. And uh, when you're Googling her name, you'll come up with her website. Amanda, just wonderful getting your thoughts, your insights. Let me say a quick prayer for you and for other listeners who've called in before we go. Is that okay? Yes, please. Well, let's just, if if it's safe wherever you are, let's just bow our heads because there's an awful lot of people listening in who've gone through uh, similar challenging circumstances. Loving God, even as we think of those who've called in through the hour and those who are listening who were not even able to call in, our prayer is today for Amanda and for those other listeners, that you, Lord, can intervene into their circumstances, that you can bring about miracles in a whole lot of different dimensions. I pray, Lord, that even as listeners today are facing the storm ahead, Lord, that they will know what it is to know the captain of the ship. And, Lord, that you will bring about a level of breakthrough and comfort and healing and ability to make sense of the dreadful circumstance they may be going through. Lord, that you will make a way in all of the storm so that there will be opportunity to the, for those who are going through that to understand what it is to 
take advantage of the time of their opportunity today to be able to share, to communicate, to serve and to be a blessing to others. But Lord, I ask that you cause there to be healing that happens in the lives of those listeners today who are so desperate, waiting for your intervention into their circumstance. I pray for your healing power to come upon Amanda and for every listener who's right now just calling out to you with even desperation in their hearts. Lord, I pray you make provision for every need to be able to receive the right medical treatment and to bring that miracle breakthrough that each one might give glory to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Amanda, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. I know listeners will be blessed by that and uh, really appreciate you. And uh, I hope you'll keep me in the loop as uh, some good developments come in the days ahead. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thank you and God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.